What's up, classmates? Angua for yet another episode of the Culture Class Podcast. I am super excited today because we're talking to a, proves me saying this, retired material girl who studied metaphysical sciences and has a master's degree in it um, and is also a minimalist. That's a lot of interesting adjectives in, <laughs> in one sentence. Um, hi, Yugen Bond. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm very excited to learn all about the metaphysical sciences um, and the fact that you're a reverend and a Reiki master. Um, but I'll let you do your introduction. So tell the people a little bit of who you are and what you do, where, where we are right now in our life. Sure. So you started by saying retired material girl. I love that. <laughs> so, so I used to be very into consumerism and fashion and I still am you know, but my perception has really changed on that. And what shifted my perception was meditation and minimalism and mindfulness. And I decided during COVID to study meditation, like from an academic perspective. So I decided to go back to school, get an online degree. So why you got this master's during COVID? I did. Yeah. Talk about a COVID baby. Yeah, that's right. I <laughs> gave, gave birth to a degree during global pandemic. Why not? Um, but the bulk of the degree was meditation work. And uh, I found the school. So the school is the University of Metaphysical Sciences. And I found mm -hmm. it because I was on YouTube looking for a guided meditation. And I found one and it was so profound. And I was like, who is this? Like, what, what woman, what female voice? It was just so moving. And then I saw she founded this metaphysical sciences school. And I said, wait, you can do that? Like, there's a metaphysical sciences school. That's what like, I was thinking when I read this. Yeah. I was like, metaphysical science, a master's degree, what? Tell me, did you make your own courses? Like, did you have to craft your own curriculum? How did this happen? Um, you have a core curriculum and then you can kind of pick and choose some, uh, you know, some other courses. And I wrote my dissertation about uh, minimalism and, and mindfulness. And a lot of the coursework I did was about chakras and what the science behind it um, and the science behind meditation. So, so what is really, the science really behind it. meditation? So a lot of hospitals, for example, have energy healing in their in their facilities. And when I say energy healing, a lot of people say, oh, what is that? Yeah. So ener energy healing, really what it is, is just meditation. And you sit with someone and you meditate together. And Reiki has hands-on touch. So what that means is you meditate and maybe you touch someone's shoulders or you touch their head or you touch, um, you know, different parts of their body, maybe their arms or... Uh, uh, you know, uh, your forehead. So wait, is this part of what like spas are doing? Some spas do it. Yeah. Okay. I'm, yeah. I'm, see, I'm going to be asking you questions from the perspective of someone who has zero exposure to this, except, you know, knowing that spas do massages. And I'm imagining like sometimes I see photos of people in a spa and there's stones on their back. I'm like, I don't know what that is. This looks interesting right. to me. <laughs> but a so, lot of, a lot of massage therapists also have energy healing background because you know, again, you're doing hands-on touch. Um, and in hospitals, um, the reason why they make energy healing part of treatment plans is because it's it's shown to work. So if someone has cancer, for example, you bring an energy healer, healer in and they meditate together. A lot of times what happens is they get better and they can't, they can't explain it, but they say, well, it works. So let's make this an actual program in our hospital and part of our treatment plan. So that's interesting to me. <laughs> so, yeah. So, okay. Know? I'm thinking about this. Is it, is it more to do when you say energy, right? 
I get the meditation because I feel like most people probably don't know how to meditate. It's not as easy. Like, because when you say meditation, everybody thinks you're sitting down very silently and you're thinking about, or you're thinking, you're trying to think about nothing. That's the basic understanding, at least for me, that's the basic understanding right. of what meditation is, right? But I'm thinking if hospitals are turning this into, you know, like you said, an actual program in their facilities that are helping people, there's got to be more to it than just, you know, sitting down silently. I feel like there's maybe some sound aspects like are there any other components to this there are you can do sound um you can do a singing bowl mm. and a lot of a lot of times you will ring it at the beginning and at the end and it's very powerful and energy healing by the way it, it's something that has been happening for a very long time you know it's just here in the west it's kind of caught up you know maybe yeah. in the 80s or so it started to become popular but um as a recipient of the energy healing you will perhaps see colors or just feel sensations, physical sensations, whether that's mm -hmm. heat or cold, and, or you might feel nothing at all. Um, there's no right or wrong. And what a lot of people do when they receive a treatment is they'll say, okay, all right, what am I going to feel right now? And, and, and you know, you, you can- Because in our human your, nature, we're like wanting to control everything. Exactly. And what you have to do is just really just relax and let it happen. Mm -hmm. Sometimes nothing will happen. Sometimes you'll see bright green or bright blue, and it's very pronounced. It's very profound. Um, sometimes you'll feel heat. Sometimes you'll just, you'll just feel very emotional. Yeah. Um, and that- when I first started receiving Reiki treatments, I would feel very emotional. Um, and I I would go just saying, okay, I just want to relax. I want to do Reiki. I want to check this out. I had been reading about it and I would just start sobbing and nothing good, nothing bad, just very emotional. And that's that led me to want to research it more because I said, well, what is this? What's what's happening to me right now? I, I feel a release. I feel the something's know. happening, but I don't know what. And I want I want to be able to explain it. Yeah, and it was beautiful. It was it was very profound. It was very moving. Um, and I do feel like certain people are very receptive to it. They're very open to it. So a lot of empaths, for example, kind of go down the energy healing path because you're kind of just drawn to it. So well, what's the relationship then between, you know, sort of what we're talking about now and and religion, any religion? Is there, are, are there some, you know, parallels or is it more just its own thing entirely? Yeah, so the underlying preface of Reiki is that there is some kind of universal universal life force or universal energy. And when you're meditating together, you're channeling that. And for me, I don't interpret that as tied to any religion necessarily. That's the energy of the sun, the earth, the, the life force, whatever, you know, created us and carries mm -hmm. us through this world. So what you're doing is you're kind of channeling that. And then that energy kind of connects with you and brings healing to you, you know, and, and brings you whatever you need at that time. So it's, it's, it's almost individual, right? So for me, I'm a Christian, right? So if in a situation like that, whatever the quote unquote energy is, you would be, it would essentially be more, almost like a prayer in the, in the, in the instance of a Christian, for example. It is. And there are many elements of Reiki that are very similar or just meditation in general that are very similar to more traditional Western religions like Christianity, for example, um, you know, the organ sounds that play in the church, uh, the incense that the pastors will, will walk down the aisle with, the uh, the halo that you see on the stained glass windows in a Christian church. It's the exact same thing as your third eye. It's the same part of your body. It's just, there, there's a ring of light around it. Um, I never thought about that. 
Yeah. So like I went to a yoga retreat and they would put, uh, you know, a, a dot of red and a dot of white on your, on your third eye. It's the exact same thing as Ash Wednesday. They put, uh, you know, a, a cross made of ashes, the exact same spot on your forehead. And I believe it's just different interpretations of the exact same thing. Yeah. That's a, that's a considerable point. Um, okay. Yeah. So I see here that you're also a reverend. I am. Why not? Why not throw that into? I and that was part of my degree. I okay. became an ordained reverend as well, which is really fun. Okay. Of what? So sorry. Okay. I'm trying to ask the question, but I don't know how to ask it. Are you a Christian? Is this a? Are you? Is this a Christian reverend, or no. does this mean something else? I was raised a strict Protestant, but it doesn't resonate with me okay. uh, in, ad- in adulthood. But um, I was ordained by a church in California. Okay. And what I do. With my reverend status, uh, well, I went to a funeral once and threw, uh, helped throw ashes out in the ocean okay. and, and read a poem. I also offer uh, just life guidance to people. So I have a client right now in India, one of my friends, she's a physician, she's going through a very tough time. So okay. I'll give her spiritual advice, meaning I'll connect her maybe with other meditators that I know of who I think can help her. Um, I also lead a meditation group online. Um, it's on Meetup. It's called Live Your Best Freaking Life. And, <laughs> and I have about maybe 350 people or so who, who signed up for it. Oh, that's, a, that's a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. And uh, once a month, we do a guided meditation. Uh, you know, come as you are. And I do it live. And, and also on my podcast, I do guided meditations as well. So the idea is like the, one of the reasons why I became a reverend and why that appealed to me is because in the middle minimalism community and the mindfulness community, mm-hmm. a lot of people just talk about their minimalism journey but people don't have a lot of credentials because what do you do? Like have a PhD in minimalism, you know? So yeah. I thought, okay, that will kind of help give me some cred. Um, and I feel like I have the cred already. Just, I mean, if you are a minimalist and you practice minimalism and you meditate, that's kind of your credential in that space, right? So, so what, yeah. So what does being a minimalist mean? Like how, describe to me your day-to-day, everyday life as a minimalist. What does that mean? How, yes. how, how are you different than someone who would not consider themselves a minimalist? But like the, the exact opposite is the, you know, over consumers, which is over here, sadly. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, when you when we think minimalist, like what does that mean for you at least? So the difference between a minimalist and I guess a maximalist is where you focus your attention and your energy throughout the day. Mm. So, for example, I see the same ads you do. You know, I live in a city. I see ads all the time. I look out my window right now. There, there's there's an ad, ad, ad. There's billboards everywhere. But yeah, but I look at it, I think, okay, I'm being marketed to. And there's an emotion that's tied to that ad. So I pay attention to that. So mm-hmm. when I get a feeling like, like, oh, I like, for example, today I saw a new iPhone ad. I was like, oh, there's a new iPhone. Interesting. I thought there was already a new iPhone. Okay. So, you know, so okay. I think there's about, always a new iPhone. It feels like. Exactly. And they're so going I, up in price. Very soon we're going to pay $2,000 for a phone, which to me is ridiculous, but hey. Yeah. So I see that ad and I think about that. I think about all the people who see these ads at the same time. I think about, do I need this? No, I don't need it. I have a phone. It's fine. Do I need to upgrade? No. Um, Also, it's about how you channel your energy. So I used to spend a lot of time shopping. Um, Now it doesn't interest me. Now it stresses me out. Um, I still purchase things that I need. I still purchase things that I don't need, even as a minimalist. So I purchase things that are beautiful, that bring me joy. 
Um, for example, like I'm wearing a scarf right now. Do I need yeah. this? No, I like it. It brings me joy. It, yeah. you know, I put it on, I, I feel fancy. You know. So if I'm hearing you well, because I, I have heard the term minimalist before, but my thought was, you know, you have, if you live by yourself, you have one plate and one spoon and one fork and one cup and yeah. you have one pot and one everything because why have two if you only need one? You have maybe two shirts and two trousers or two skirts and that's it. So that's how I always thought about it. But listening to you, it sounds like it's okay even as a minimalist to purchase, for lack of a better way of putting it, I hope that's the right way to say it, but to to indulge in things that do bring you joy. And it's, it's less about how much stuff you have and it's more about your consciousness of what you are introducing into your into your space if you will yeah and so like my podcast is called enoughism it's about having enough already and that was sparked for me going on youtube and watching all these videos about minimalists and there's there's so much of that on youtube it's the very typical minimalist maybe not now but maybe before covid or even now is mm-hmm. um Someone left their life to go move to Thailand to live in a tropical area. They have four t-shirts, three pairs of yoga pants, one mm-hmm. backpack. Also, okay, so I wasn't yeah. all the way off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, they have their their laptop, uh, you know, their their spork that is a, uh, uh, you know, a, a spoon. Fork. Oh, wow. So they don't even have a spoon and a fork. They have a spork. Okay. Well, you know, like everything is like multi-purpose, you know, like, like this scarf I'm wearing would be my beach blanket, would be my curtain, would be my bath towel, you know, and there's place for that and I think like if that makes you happy do that I think that's really fun when I tried living that way personally I found that I was inconvenienced all the time in little ways that I found just slightly annoying to the point where where I was always annoyed so for example right now I do have one dish I have one mug and I am going to buy more plates and more mugs because it's annoying every time I have, I want to get a cup of coffee. Like, yeah. oh yeah, I already made coffee. My mug is dirty. Okay, I'll clean it out. And I was doing that. But, you know, for example, my parents came to visit. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I only have one mug. Okay, this is embarrassing. What do we do? So, yes, yes. And I mean, you're right. Those are some of the challenges, right? Of like living a minimalist lifestyle is you're by yourself. And and, and it, while it's, you know, it can be empowering really to to reduce right? Your footprint on the world. I mean, we're living in a time where that's more important than ever, right? How much plastic are you using? How much water are you wasting? Like all of these things are definitely cause to think about it. But then in everyday life, the practicality of it may be difficult for some to get used to. Yeah. And like you asked it before, like what's the difference between a minimalist and a maximalist? And mm-hmm. when you when you stop consuming and you stop scrolling and you stop kind um, of the mind, we all need the mindless. Stop okay, that's a whole other conversation. Right. So when you stop all of that, you start to realize, well, like I have all this time now. So what do I do? So for me, like I started a podcast. I started getting a degree. Um, now I'm at the point where like I want to be a guest on other people's podcasts. I want to, um, like I started my meditation group. So like I have all this spare time. I started to have a lot of fun with it. Like, who am I? What do I want to do with my life? Yeah. Um, I want to take meditation walks every morning. And but, oh, and also, so you asked me like, like meditation, right? Like is, is meditation like sitting and sitting cross-legged and saying, um, for exactly 30, <laughs> 30 minutes, right? Yes. But like, I've been to a lot of meditation groups and I went to one group where um, you sat down uh, cross-legged on the floor and but there were other there, there was also a section in the room where there were chairs you could sit in and it was very clear 
like there was a lot of attitude like oh she's sitting in that chair she's not a real meditator you know like I'm serious and there was just a vibe and I was like you know what I like sitting in the chair and meditating that that's fine so you get a lot of that but then you also there are a lot of groups like like I personally believe that meditation is also taking a walk looking up at the sky putting on some music and just getting out of your head a little bit and it doesn't have to be so strict you know meditation can be journaling um Ooh, yeah you know, and journaling can be like, journaling doesn't have to be so strict either. Journaling can be, okay, for five minutes, I'm going to write about a negative emotion I had today and I'm just going to process it. I'm just going to write about it. Um, there's something called EFT tapping, which is also something that meta energy healers do. So what you do is you tap on your pressure points. So mm -hmm. think about like your acupressure points. So Maybe like in between uh, your your third eye, maybe your temples, for example. Oh, you're here. Yeah, it feels really nice. It's very relaxing. So you tap those pressure points, and then while you're doing that, you think of a negative emotion that you're feeling. Because we don't we don't do that. We don't process our emotions. We don't mm -hmm. think about our, our negative feelings. So whatever. Say you have a meeting coming up later that day, and it's stressing you out. Maybe mm -hmm. you have to present or something. So sit with that feeling for five minutes and tap or journal or take a walk and, and put a timer on it, you know, give yourself permission to think about that emotion. Yeah. And then a lot of times you realize, oh, well, like, why am I thinking this? Where does this come from? That's meditation. You know, you know what? You just said something that I think is very poignant. Um, give yourself permission to think about even the things that maybe you don't want to think about. Um, I think a lot of times people overlook the necessity of processing like it's so easy when something good happens you're in that ecstatic feeling or you know even if you're just having a good day you want to stay in that and you're, you're very comfortable lingering in that moment for as long as you possibly can hold it but every the second things are a little bit you know unstable or or there's not um you're having a bad day it's like as overwhelming as it is Often the the way, at least for me, is I'm trying to get out of it. I'm trying to get out of it as quickly as I can. Like, how do right. we get out of this feeling? Um, so for you to say, like, to give yourself permission to feel even the, the, the feelings that we may not want to necessarily be feeling, I think that's very important. Yeah, and it teaches you to process your emotions. Mm -hmm. And then when something does happen that upsets you, you're able to kind of go to that place in your mind easily. That same place when you meditate. Um, and I use it all day long, you know, whether it's uh, something that someone says to you that upsets you. you know, I, I had an altercation with someone, you know, an altercation isn't just a disagreement, verbal mm -hmm. disagreement with someone about something as a family member. And even in the heat of the moment, I was able to just kind of say, you know what, I'm not going to let this bother me. That this, yeah. is, this, this is, this is, this has nothing to do with me. And when you start doing that, you start to feel very empowered. And, you know, meditation is also thinking about your choices and thinking mm -hmm. about why, why you do what you do. There's an exercise that I've been following recently. It's really mm -hmm. interesting. So you go to the grocery store, you, you take something that you do all the time every day. Yeah. So for example, the next time you go to the grocery store, only buy things that you've never purchased before. So say you always buy the same kind of orange juice and you really want orange juice, that's fine. Just buy a different kind of orange juice. Or maybe you always make salads. Okay, well, this week you're going to make tacos. And what that does is it encourages you to go to different parts of the grocery store and encourages you to think differently about what you're going to make and you get out of your rut. Yeah. And you come home and you have all these different ingredients and you start thinking, oh, what can I make for dinner tonight? Oh, I uh, did I, that I, without I, even you know? realizing that I was doing it. Because so I'm African and um, I, we eat a specific, maybe not a specific kind of way, but of course our foods are 
definitely different than maybe the traditional American foods or Mexican foods or whatever. And so one evening I was like, I want to just eat something that is different. So I made a, um, so I made, I I was like, I'm going to go to the store and I'm going to make an Alfredo. I didn't, I tried to Google a recipe, but it wasn't, it didn't give me what I needed. So I just went to the store. I thought in my head, I've seen an Alfredo before. I know it looks creamy. I know like the pasta is like the flat kind. I don't know what it's called. Um, (laughs) And I know there's cheese in it. So I just went to the store and I bought things that I had never bought before. I bought some olive oil, like a you know, a bunch of stuff. And I came home and I made it. And it, it turned out all right. Um, I definitely needed like actual heavy cream, which I didn't buy because I didn't know that I needed heavy cream. And I put the cheese and I melted it and it just was not creamy enough. And I was like, something's missing. So I Googled it later and I was like, oh, I was missing cream. But the point is, you're absolutely right. When you, because I was in parts of the store that I had never been in before. I'm looking at right. things that would traditionally not even be in that aisle at all. And it forces you to, one, notice environments that really you're in all the time but you never pay attention to and two yeah you have to you force yourself to think differently and to experience something different drive a different way home walk a different way home Mm -hmm. that's meditation and even look at people who do extreme sports like people who skydive or people Mm -hmm. who do really dangerous dangerous sports right because like too scared for anything like like roller coasters right so there's also like an argument that think about that like you have to clear your mind of all thoughts because you're about to go skydiving and you could argue that those kinds of people uh you know that they like that there's like a meditation in that And that's, and that's their way of, of, you know, meeting the world or, or, you know, kind of having a meeting with themselves, if you will. And also the importance of practicing gratitude every single Mm, day. That's a big one. So every morning I say to myself an attitude of gratitude. And I think of five things that I'm grateful for every single day. And if you have nothing, you say, okay, I am breathing right now. Uh, There's sun outside that is supporting this earth. I have uh, food in the fridge. Um, you can never not have anything you know, to be grateful for, frankly. Right. But like my you would friend have to uh, texted me today. I have a friend, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. And then that that connects to, you know, your meditation walk in the morning Absolutely. if you do that. And then that connects to uh, turning on your computer and being grateful for the work you're about to do. The other thing is, like, think about little ways that you can sneak manifestation and meditation and mindfulness into your day. Day, daily life. So... All of my passwords for my computers are like phrases of things I want to manifest. Um, oh, I love that you know? so much. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. So if you want to manifest the love of your life, uh, you know, make a password oh that is that, like a reminder. That's yeah. so cool. I'm like, that's a nugget. I will share that on my social media. Like hashtag... <laughs> Put all your passwords to be manifestations of... Because you know what's funny? Like, people talk about vision boards all the time. These are the obvious things that everybody knows, right? Journaling, write the vision, make the plan, is even in the Bible. Um, but there's right. little ways that you can do that. And and you never think about your password as, like, something that can be that meaningful. It's always, like, how many characters do I have? How many numbers are in here? You know? <laughs> you right, want yeah. All of the things. Um, but that's a really beautiful way to actually inject, like you said. And... I don't know that there's anybody who's going through a day without needing to put, if you, maybe there is, but like most people will have to interface with a password at some point in their day. Right. And, and that really goes into minimalism as well. It's like intention and your daily actions. So the food that you eat, 
You know, the next time you cut open a pomegranate or a tomato, look at it and say, like, I mean, I ate an orange the other day and I sat there looking at it like a weirdo. Like, this orange is so beautiful. This orange came all the way from California to Boston. That's amazing. And you, even if it's just three seconds of an acknowledging that, um, you know, even like when you are on Amazon and you get your package and you track where it comes from and you think, well, yeah. that's so amazing. Like, this, yeah, thing, and you this think little box you- came from China. You know? Yeah. And you think about like all of the different, like I say, I actually have sat down and maybe that's just because of who I, like how I am, but I've actually sat down and pictured like a package in a factory somewhere. Like someone gets the order and someone has to run to the shelf and pick it up and package it and put it. And then there's like probably some scanning thing. I literally think about my packages, like going through a factory. And it's amazing when you, when you put human, like the human touch to the, the everyday mundane things that we do without thinking about them. It gives you a new appreciation for just, you know, um, life yeah. and being alive to experience that. So let's yeah. talk a little bit about your podcast. So you alluded to it a little bit, um, Enoughism, um, and your book, which is also titled Enoughism, but also has the tagline, This Minimalist Once More, elaborate. That's right. Yeah. So, well, the book is a series of interviews that I've done oh, with nice. di- different people. So... There's a yoga teacher who was once a, uh, a very high-profile fashion executive in Switzerland, I believe. Nice. Um, I, I talked to an empath who was very sensitive to people's energies, and he, he talks about you know how that kind of relates into his journey with minimalism. I talked mm-hmm. about a, or I, I interviewed a business uh, executive who talks about mindfulness in the workplace. So, so, um, so enoughism is about having enough and being enough. All- already on this podcast because I want it to be one word, you know, minimalist. So, but this minimalist wants more is about how like my journey is never done. And by, by removing certain things from my life, I have so much more space to ask myself what I actually want. So yeah. for me, that's creativity. That's allowing, um, good people, for example, to come into my life. When you cut out bad people and negative people, all of a sudden you have more energy and more space for yourself. That's yeah. minimalism. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Talk about the self you know, part. That's a big one. Right. Mindful eating, being grateful for the food that you have, um, you know, a cons- you know, confusing chemicals with food. That's, that's minimalism. That's mindfulness. Yeah. Um, you know, consuming nutrient-dense foods versus uh, junk food, that's minimalism because you're cutting out what no longer serves you. Yeah. And then and then enough-ism, the reason why I chose the ism part is just like words like activism, it's, it's about kind of the act of chasing what you desire and chasing what serves you. And, and, and I think part of that too, you know, is... I don't want to say what's the word I'm looking for, where where you're actively seeking to view yourself and what you want and what you desire um, to be enough too. I think you know, just in the in the term itself, it's very easy, especially in in the time that we live in, to want so much, and you know, which is where you know some of that minimalist thoughts come come into play. Is like we live in a time where it's so easy to want so much more, to just like constantly want this or that. You know, um, if it's clothes, fashion, shoes, whatever it is, consuming whatever content, creating content, it's 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 almost never enough. And I feel like part of this is just reminding people, like, take some time to recognize that in yourself, you are you you have all that you need within you. You do. You do. And 
of course, it depends where you are, mm -hmm. because you might be at a place where you're like, no, I do not have everything I need right now. I want this and this and that and that, and I need this. And I don't have money and the love of my life isn't here. And, but I guarantee you have something that someone else doesn't have. Absolutely. And so you have to kind of think about that. It could be really hard. And that's why the, the gratitude exercise, like, oh yes, I'm breathing. Okay. All right. Let's get going. You know? Absolutely. Well, and, thank you so much for the time. But before we let you go, um, tell us where to find you, uh, all the social medias, you know, all the things. I'm on all the social media at I am enoughism. Mm -hmm. You can find the Enoughism podcast by just searching Enoughism. I believe it's enough hyphenism. Enoughism yes, one word hyphen. might work too. Well, I see a hyphen in here. There you go. Yep. And then I am enoughism.com. And my meetup group is called Live Your Best Freaking Life. Nice. <laughs> and and uh, all of that is on I am enoughism.com. And yeah, it's it's all there. And that's also supposed to be like just a reminder, like I am enough. I am enoughism, you know, for everyone. My, my favorite thing though that you said um today that I think everyone should pay attention to passwords can be very powerful like if you like do all your manifestations your gratitude turn those into passwords because not only are you going to have to input those passwords more often and that way forces you to think those things at the very least think them um I think you know I just think it's a really beautiful way to do something so simple yet so profound. So thank yeah. you for doing that. Or like your your phone screen, put something on there, stick a yeah. post-it on your, on your mirror. It can be something really simple. So every time you look at it, you have to remind yourself. The other thing you can do is you can set like random reminders or alarms. So say like, okay, like every day my, my alarm is going to go off at three o'clock. Yeah, And no, no matter what I'm doing, even if I'm in the middle of a meeting or I'm driving or whatever, you feel that vibration of your phone or whatever. Okay, I'm going to take 10 seconds and just count down from 10 to 1 and just breathe. And no matter where I am, I'm going to be grateful. Wow, that's nice. That's really nice. Well, hey, classmates, yeah. this is a lot of really useful information. I feel like in this time where often it just feels like we're constantly on the go, right? Everything is happening all the time. Um, taking those pockets of time to, to regroup, if you will, and, and remember that you are breathing and you are alive and you can do the things that you really dream of doing and you're enough. You have all what it takes to actually be who you want to be. I think, you know, you again, this was a beautiful reminder of, you know, just how much we can be in ourselves and be happy with it. So thank you. You're most welcome. Thank you so much. All right. Well, um, that's it for this episode, classmates. I will see you guys in the very next one. Be sure to follow Yugen on all of her social media. Buy her book, Enoughism, The Minimalist, This Minimalist Wants More. And um, we'll see you guys in the very next episode. If you have questions, comments, thoughts, concerns, hit us up on social media. We're there. We are ready to answer your questions. Um, if you know any guests, if you have any really cool people who are doing really fantastic things and want us to talk to you, don't be shy. Send us email at culture class podcast at gmail.com i will see you in the very next episode bye